the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Wednesday, September the 20th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1519. Oh, you remember that, do you? No. Today in 1519, Portuguese explorer Ferdinand Magellan and his crew set out for Spain on five ships to find a western passage to the Spice Islands. Magellan, as you may know, was killed en route, but one of his ships, one of the five, eventually circled the world. He was credited, Magellan, who did not quite make it all around the world, but one of his ships did, he he, he has been credited with being the first uh, man to circumnavigate the earth. Today in 1881, Chester Arthur was sworn in as the 21st president of the United States, succeeding the assassinated James Garfield. Today in 1995, in a move that stunned Wall Street, AT&T Corporation announced it was splitting into three companies. Today in 2000, Independent Counsel Robert Ray, he announced the end of the Whitewater investigation saying there was insufficient evidence to warrant charges against Bill and Hillary Clinton. They never seem to have any consequences, do they? But they do, and it's telling on their character. Today in 2011, repeal of the U.S. military's 18-year-old Don't Ask, Don't Tell compromise It took effect, allowing gay and lesbian service members to serve openly. Today in 2012, Space Shuttle Endeavor riding atop a Boeing 747. You may remember seeing pictures of that. I saw pictures. I didn't see the actual uh, Endeavor on top of a 747, but I saw the pictures. It was something like we had never seen before. It was an amazing sight but it landed at a California air base. It was en route to its eventual retirement home. That space shuttle endeavor is now at the California Science Center in Los Angeles, and people go and look at it. I don't know if you can go inside of it or not. I'm not sure, but it's there. Today in 2019, Three Mile Island in Pennsylvania, the 1979 site of the nation's worst commercial nuclear uh, power accident. It was shut down by its owner after producing electricity for 45 years. Well, I've got some good news. There is a revival among our youth across the nation. I keep saying that, and sometimes people look at me a little bit like, <laughs> are you sure? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. It, it There is. It's happening on campuses. It's 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 spontaneous. It's of the Lord. It's spirit-led. I believe that. Students at Auburn University in Alabama, very Auburn is a very well-known uh, football team. They're always ranked highly in the United States. People pay attention to them because of that and other reasons as well. And they also teach kids there. 
But um, anyway, Auburn University is testifying. There's people giving reports out of there that God is moving across the campus. Hundreds of conversions and baptisms took place last week at what was just to be a, a gathering of Christian kids. And as it turned out, it was beyond that. It was called the Night of Worship event. They held It was held on the campus by the campus ministry outreach, uh, the Christian club or a Christian organization there on campus. They brought in a couple of speakers and decided to hold it at Neville Arena, which seats a lot of people. And I guess there was some conversation like, well, you know, man, we don't want to look like it failed if there's a lot of not so many people and a great big, you know, stadium or whatever. But anyway... Uh, they held it at Neville Stadium, and more than 5,000 students showed up. That was more than they expected and for the event. And uh, one of the speakers shared how following an invitation to accept Christ at the end of it, they were just talking about Christianity and about Christian living and you know one thing and another. But at the end, one of the uh, speakers uh, gave an invitation to accept Christ and be baptized. There was a spontaneous response. It took place, students began accepting Christ and asking to be baptized in water. Some of the kids in the crowd that were Christians ended up leading somebody next to them in the st- in a sinner's prayer and accepting Christ as Savior. One of the speakers shared that following the invitation to accept Christ and be baptized, there was just this spontaneous response, and then students began coming up to them and asking this, more than 5,000 kids were there. Students became, started coming up to them and asking how, how they could be baptized. Well, there was no baptismal in Neville Arena, the university. So they went, there's a place called, I'm not familiar with this, but it, it's called Red Barn on the cow. I guess there is a Red Barn there, I don't know. But anyway, there's a lake there, and it's a pretty good size. I mean, it's bigger than a pond. It, it's not like Washington or or like Sammamish, but it's a, it's a lake. And they went there, and there, the 5,000 pretty much circled around the whole pond or the whole lake. They call it a lake. <clears throat> of course, they don't live in the Northwest, so they don't really know what lakes are. But anyway, they call it a lake. These people were all around it, and there were a group of people out there, leaders baptizing kids. They were asking them, to confirm that they had actually accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. They had believed, confessed, and asked him to come into their life, to become their Savior, forgive them of their sins. They believe that he is is Jesus Christ who was who died and rose again, was raised from the dead. I mean, it was a powerful, powerful thing that went on into the middle of the night. There are several people that were there that noted that one of the people out in the lake baptizing kids that had just accepted Jesus Christ was the football coach of Auburn. And I haven't seen any written reports on that, but I was I have been told that that was the case. And they just didn't make a big deal out of it because you know what comes next? Oh, separation of church and state. And we got to fire this coach and so on and so forth. So Anyway, the kids surrounded the lake almost till midnight. They would get baptized and everybody would cheer like, I mean, it was a big event. But it, it, I, I have read as much as I could find about it. And the kids knew what they were doing. They weren't just following the crowd and going with the moment.
They were convicted in their hearts. They realized that they needed Jesus Christ as their Savior. This is the latest event like this. It's happening all over the country. The press will not touch it because it's toxic to them. It's church, and we can't put church on the front page or whatever. But it's happening, and it's real. There is a move of God in this country among the youth. I know what the polls show. I know what the narrative is in the culture today. I'm very well aware of that, as as you know, and many of you are as well. But this is happening. It can be denied. It can be scoffed at. But it's real. The Lord is moving in the hearts of young people across this nation today. The leaders said they could not even explain how they felt about this. They said it was beyond anything we prayed for or expected. They said it just overwhelmed us, the presence of God and the number of non-Christian kids that came out to this Christian gathering. And somebody on the platform was wise enough, one of the speakers, and I, 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 I've read their names. I didn't know any of them or know about them. But whoever, somebody that was speaking that gave the invitation to accept Christ was discerning enough to know that there were a bunch of kids, many of them out there, that were not Christians. And so they made that appeal. And the, at a number, they, nobody knew for sure how many, but there were over 5,000 people there And there were hundreds, hundreds of them that accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. That's good news. There's more news that isn't surprising. A A majority of voters, a majority of voters are worried about the next election. Cheating in 2024. No, not just Trump. Not just those 18 that they have on trial now. Concerns about election integrity remain high, Rasmussen reports found yesterday in their survey. They said with most voters are worried that cheating could be a factor in next year's presidential election. The latest Rasmussen report found that that 56% of likely U.S. voters, likely U.S. voters, believe it's likely that cheating will affect the outcome of the next presidential election. That's stunning. It should never be. We should have confidence in our voting system, but we don't. Because we know, we know there are people manipulating it. And they're not generally on the right. They're not conservatives. 33% of that 56 said that it's, they think it's very likely 37% say it's unlikely that the election will be affected by cheating. Only 20%, only 20% say that they don't consider it at all likely that the upcoming presidential election will be prostituted by election fraud. Interesting, interesting profile of America. So many things today can drive us in fear and anxiety, and we read the numbers constantly where people 
fear is spiking, anxiety is spiking, people are taking more medication and drinking more alcohol and all these things, trying to deal with this fear and anxiety that people have today. Reading in Isaiah 59 this morning, verse 19 spoke to me. I'm not fearful necessarily today, but I am aware of the fear that is out there. Verse 19 says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. He is defeated. Jesus Christ has won the battle. He rose from the dead. The the Lord is in control. They are not. Satan is defeated. He will meet his end. The book of Revelation tells us exactly what's going to happen to him. We live in victory. We must not become the victim of fear and anxiety. I have some bad news, and i it's something I, I would rather not tell you, but I, I feel I, in, in complete openness, and as you know, if you listen to this program, I'm pretty transparent, and the people that know me personally say I'm the same guy on, on the radio and for years on television some years ago that I am in my, my own personal life. And I try to be very transparent and talk to you as a friend. And many of you have become friends just through our communications. And by the way, I want to thank you for your support. We we wouldn't just simply wouldn't be here without it. And so each month we are able to pay our bills and meet our obligations because you stand with us with your support. Thank you so much. I'm honored. I'm humbled and uh, in need of people like yourself to stand with me to do what I believe God has called me to do at this point in my life. So thank you so much. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. The Stand is a um, it's a, a news um, piece. It's mostly online. I don't think they have a print, but it's associated with the Family Research Council. Tony Perkins heads that up. Tony Perkins is a good guy. Uh, pro-life advocates... They say, they put out a story yesterday. They have supported Donald Trump strongly. Um, Tony Perkins has, and a lot of other pastors and Christian leaders have as well, as you know. But they put out a little bit of a, a, a drop of sadness yesterday regarding Donald Trump. And I want to share, and these are not people that are out to get him. There's a mass of them. There's an army of them. These are guys that are standing with him. And they registered some disappointment. And I'm going to pass it along to you. I think many of you know where I'm coming from in regards to the presidency and so on. If you listen to this program, you certainly do. But they said in the stand yesterday, it's put out by family. It's an arm of Family Research Council and Tony Perkins. Pro-life activists have called Republican presidential frontrunner Donald Trump's comments disturbing after the 45th president said he will bring peace on abortion by negotiating a plan that pleases both abortion foes and activists and attacks some of the rivals more comprehensive protections for life 
I would sit down. Here's what he said, uh, uh, Trump. He said, I would sit down with both sides and I'd negotiate something and we'll end up with peace on the issue for the first time in 52 years. President Trump spoke to Kristen Welker on Meet the Press Sunday. She asked him directly whether he would sign national legislation protecting unborn children from abortion beginning at 15 weeks. He said, I'm not going to say I would or I wouldn't. Although Trump, and this is noted in the Stand article, Trump initially affirmed a federal role in protecting unborn children. He seemingly demurred, they say, as the interview ground on. When Walker asked, and Walker did a a horrible job. I'm not defending Trump. I'm concerned about what he said, too, to be honest with you. I support him. I believe he can turn America around politically to a great degree, to the degree any president could. I do. He was doing it when they nailed him, the, the left. And it was politically motivated. No question in my mind about it. I believe he could. And I, I believe he could be used by God in ways that he wouldn't even realize. But he told in this this. Kristen Welker, this was her first Sunday replace, replacing uh, Todd, who was, uh, has been, Chuck Todd, who's been the moderator of this for years. He retired or fought, he got fired, whatever happened to him. Anyway, he left and she, they chose her. And so she, she wasn't that smooth and she wasn't really asking the right questions, in my opinion. But anyway, that's beside the point. The point is that it was concerning the way President Trump, former President Trump, responded to that, particularly to those of us who have and and will support him. The president portrayed himself as a chief negotiator between pro-life advocates and abortion activists, taking neither position firmly. I'm almost like a mediator in the case, he told Walker. He said, I think, he said, when all is said and done, I think both sides are going to like me. Pro-life leaders found the president's comments concerning, as I said. We're at a moment where we need a human rights advocate, someone who is dedicated to saving the lives of children and serving mothers in need. Every single candidate should be clear on how they plan to do that. Marjorie Dannenfelser, and she's been supportive of Trump. She's the president of SBA Pro-Life America. She told this Washington Stand, the article I'm quoting from, she said, it begins with focusing on the extremes of the other side and ambition and common sense on our own. Interestingly enough, Trump's comments came just a little over four, 24 hours after he had dubbed himself, and I'm quoting him, and I heard, heard him say this before, that he is the most pro-life president in American history. And let me pause, he has been, and I believe he would be. I believe he was talking, I I believe his mouth was ahead of his head when he was talking. He does that sometimes. We all do, if we're in the public. But I think that's what was happening with him. He got ahead of himself and he wasn't really thinking about what he was saying. He's used to negotiating and deals and getting both sides to agree and both sides to be happy and blah, blah, blah. And there's a place for that. This isn't that place. I I would hope that someone close to him will tell him, Mr. Trump, that isn't the way abortion works. This isn't a political issue. 
It's a deeply spiritual issue. And it can only be viewed as a spiritual issue. Tony Perkins himself, and he, boy, he's been right out front. I mean, he's taken, you know, a beating from the left in his support of Donald Trump. But he, Tony Perkins said, quite frankly, it was a bit troubling. It also politically is self-defeating, Dannon Felser said. She said she thinks it'll hurt him politically. She said anything later than a 15-week protection on babies in the womb, he said when science proves they can feel pain as a national minimum standard makes no sense. It is a lot of, number of people have said that 94% of all abortions take place before the 15th week of pregnancy, and she mentioned that again. She said protecting pain-capable unborn children from late-term abortions is a bill that was introduced, she said, by Senator Lindsey Graham before the 2022 midterm elections also contained exceptions for rape and incest. You should know about that. And um, as I said, I think Trump will correct himself. He probably doesn't really understand deeply, spiritually, what abortion really at the heart of it is. It's not women's health care. I think he gets that part. But clearly, he misspoke as far as his constituents are concerned. If he loses the evangelical support, he will not be the next president. Just looking at it from a human perspective. God's ways are higher than our ways. God does what God does. And we try to walk in that and we try to stay in line with that to the best of our ability in whatever role in life that we're playing out. So that's what's happening with that. And I wanted you to be aware of it. You should be aware of it. Pray for Trump. Pray for us. Pray for the Republican Party. Pray for the conservatives. Pray for our nation. And yes, Pray for the president. I don't mean the next one. Pray for this one as well. And God knows he needs help. It's pathetic. But we're called to pray for him. His impeachment inquiry has begun. President Biden. U.S. House of Representatives is going to hold its first impeachment inquiry hearing this month. The uh, House Oversight Committee confirmed that yesterday. The first hearing will take place on Thursday, September 28th. That's next week. A spokesman for the House Oversight Committee told the press the hearing will focus on constitutional and legal uh, questions supporting the president's um, or surrounding the president's involvement in corruption and abuse of public office. The committee also intends to subpoena Hunter and James Biden's personal Uh, James Biden's personal and business bank accounts as early as next week. The Oversight Committee will continue to follow the evidence and the money trail to provide the transparency and accountability that Americans demand from their government. Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy is doing what he promised to do. He told all of his constituents, his colleagues in the House, what he would do. Some, perhaps many, within the Republican Party. They believe that he's putting his political career on the line. My response to that is, I think every one of them should be putting their political career on the line when it calls for them to take a stand on what they really believe, not what they politically think is expedient. The fact that they would point out that he's putting his 
political career on the line tells me where they're coming from in the first place. I would expect that from Democrats. I would expect that from the far left. I would not expect that from Republicans, some of whom claim to be Christians, that if you don't stand on your conviction, what in the world are you standing on? You're standing on the political winds that have gotten us to this place in America. That's what's wrong with us. We have people who come home and they stand on the platforms from the fields to the cities of their districts and they say, vote for me and I'll fight, I'll drain the swamp, I'll fight for you, blah, blah, blah. They go to Washington, D.C. and it's like, I never knew you. Who are you now? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm overstating, but you get the point. That's the problem. They somehow morph into something very different. They say, well, when you question them about it, they say, well, it's complicated. You wouldn't understand. Oh, yeah, we understand, congressman, congresswoman. We understand. That's why we're concerned. You told us this when you were in our town asking for our money and our votes, and you did that when we sent you to Washington, D.C. That's the problem, a part of the problem. So Republicans are kind of warning him that this may hurt his political career. He doesn't seem to have blinked. I don't know Kevin McCarthy, but I wasn't all that keen about him becoming Speaker of the House. But the more I've watched him, the more I've seen him do what he says he'll do. That means something to me, and I hope it does to others. I think it does. So he's doing what he said he would do. And yeah, he probably is putting his political career on the line. And he seems smart enough to know that. <clears throat> he announced that on September 12 that the House will open an impeachment inquiry to investigate the possible, on, he announced it on September 12th, to investigate the possible involvement of President Joe Biden in the business dealings of his son Hunter. He said House Republicans have uncovered serious and credible allegations into President Biden's conduct. Taken together, those allegations paint a picture of a culture of corruption. McCarthy said, today I'm directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry, he said last week, into President Joe Biden. The next logical step will give our committees the full power to gather all the facts and answers for the American public. He noted that the investigation will be led by Representative James Comer, a Republican from Kentucky, Jason Smith, Republican from uh, Missouri, um, Jim Jordan, Republican from Ohio. Smith may be f from Montana. I'm not sure. I, th I think it's Missouri. The chairman of the Oversight, Ways, and Means Committee and Judiciary Committees, respectively, each of them head up a committee. Ian Sams is a White House spokesman. He said Republicans have already been investigating the president. They've turned up no evidence of wrongdoing. The evidence is overwhelming. It's like the greatest, the biggest tsunami wave that ever happened. It's huge. If there isn't some fallout and if the Biden family isn't held responsible for this, there's almost nothing that could be labeled corrupt in Washington, D.C. It is so far, it's so wide and so deep and so complex in the way they've set up this money laundering scheme that anyone... Even us little people out here can see that there's corruption there. So that begins, and we'll be following that as we get into that. It'll begin next week, and so we'll see what happens from that.
Again, thank you so much for listening to our program. Thank you for supporting it, and thank you for being here today. Always a pleasure to talk with you and to share our heart and open up and talk about what the Bible says and what the news says. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.